You are flying high on Locked On Eagles, brought to you by LockedOnEagles.com, your daily source for the best Philadelphia Eagles news and analysis. Brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. I am your host, Michael Kist. You can follow my work at Inside the Pile on Breaking Football and Grandstand Sports Network. Follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T. As always, I am joined by the best co-host in the game, Mr. Seven-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation and NDT Scouting. You can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Oh, every day is a good day to be alive, Mike. Thanks for asking. We got a guest on the pod. We're talking more Jay Ajayi. It's going to be a fun one, man. I'm pumped. That's right. We've got the director and founder of NDT Scouting, also a stalwart of tea sipping Twitter. He is Kyle Krabs. Kyle, how you doing, man? Well, my streak of good days is not quite as long as Ben's. <laughs> yeah, after sorry the, about uh, that. The, the 2017 trade deadline comes and goes, and uh, that's why we're here. So I guess that makes today a good day. Right. But a uh, hat tip to Ben, because my my good day streak came to a crashing halt on Tuesday. I got to yeah. ask you, Kyle, do you think that, you know, uh, assistant director of scouting, your co-host on Draft Dudes podcast, Joe Marino, is a big Bills fan. And after the Bills kind of had their fire sale in the offseason, Sammy Watkins goes, Ronald Darby goes, you know, you uh, you had a little bit of fun with Joe. You know, there's a if you listen to Draft Dudes, there's a little recording of Kyle's call with Joe after Sammy Watkins got tra- <laughs> got traded. Do you feel like karma's coming back? at you a little bit at all or no dude karma has come hard at me this year <laughs> from a million different angles so absolutely you know i've had some wins but i've had some losses and the people are letting me know about the losses like this this halloween candy draft that we did and yeah. uh, joe's joe's called it the uh, weight watchers halloween bag so <laughs> he, won, he won we had almost a thousand votes we were separated by like 38 oh wow. yeah, that was amazing over a thousand votes so really really tight split but uh no, th- this is absolutely the universe kind of, you know, law of averages settling in. And uh, for all the grief I gave Joe about hashtag trust the process, here are the Dolphins with a winning record shipping away their their best offensive player. And I'm, I'm sure we'll dig into that plenty. But uh, uh, you guys got a great football player that I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking down for you guys and getting Eagles fans excited. Yeah, and just to qualify again, Kyle is a big Dolphins fan. So what I'm going to do, Kyle, is I'm going to read back at you your summary in your Jay Ajayi scouting report from when he was coming back from the draft, and I want to get your feelings on having having that read to you. So look, quote, Jay Ajayi has a wonderful blend of size, receiving skills, fluidity, and natural running instincts to be a valued piece of an NFL offense. His pass protection and effort, consistency, need refinement before he can be considered a true third down back. But Ajayi has a collection of skills to be regarded as an every down back prospect who can shoulder a team's running game. But I mean, it's exactly what the Dolphins got. Yeah. Um, You know, so the issues with Jay were um, he's a little prone to looking for home runs. And that got him in trouble this year because the offensive line play in the interior was really subpar. Uh, I think the Baltimore shellacking was a perfect illustration of how Jay's first run went for 21 yards when he was you know, pretty quick to press up the right uh, the right side of the offensive line and, and press the hole and get upfield. And after that, it's like Jay feels himself and he he runs like this wild stallion where his he's he's violent, but he's he's still fluid at the same time. He can vacate an area with a lateral cut. Uh, the Dolphins in 2016 used him as the three down back. I, I know Adam Gase was critical of his 
uh, pass protection skills throughout the course of this year. But there was all this talk in the offseason. You know, they, they praised Jay for working on his, his pass catching game and his pass protection and his endurance. And, you know, the Dolphins staff over the course of the summer talked about, you know, the offensive coordinator and Adam Gase talked about how they want to get Jay 300 carries this year. Right. Yeah. And, um, it never really came to pass. Some of that, uh, you know, Adam Gase seemed to refer, refer to some study habits that were frustrating him in terms of Jay's performance on the field. But uh, the offensive line is not a problem in Philadelphia the way that it is this year for the Dolphins. So I think that biggest change, if he's not getting hit at the mesh point when he's receiving the ball on a carry, Jay's very, very good at optimizing his runs. Right, and, yeah. and I think he'll he'll find much more success once he gets kind of up to speed with this playbook, and they acclimate him over the course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and look, I watched Ajayi in the summer, and I watched six or seven games, and I didn't see any problems with him in pass pro at all. So I don't. I think this year's struggles have something else going on with it. When you look at his tape, I mean, he's getting it done. You and you look at what PFF has accredited him with. He had only one sack to his name, according to PFF, which take it for what it is. But when the tape matches what you see as far as stats go with PFF, it's almost like with the combine and, and the, the tape that you see for college prospects, if it matches, then you're fine. You can check that box off. It's not so much of a question mark. So what did you see from Ajayi this year? Also, overall, where does he win? Where does he lose? And why does that happen? Uh, it seemed like everything was between the ears. You look at this guy physically, uh, measured in at the NFL Combine at 5'11 and 3 quarters, 221 pounds. Uh, he's tipping the scales a little bit heavier than that now, I believe. Um, but Jay's very physical. Uh, he's physical as a runner. Uh, he can be physical in pass protection. He really sticks his head in there. Um, and he's not afraid of contact and uh, taking contact from free runners off the second level on interior gaps. And, you know, when, when the Dolphins had Laramie Tunsil kind of first playing left tackle last year and, you know, when they needed help and pass protection on the outside of the pocket, he's used to chipping on the boundary and he's used to stepping inside and eating linebackers coming off the second level. Hmm. So Jay being experienced in both of those areas and having 2016 as a season in which he was the guy. He was the three-down guy. He got carries. He caught the ball. He was in pass protection. He has a year under his belt of all those things. The regressions are not physical. So you have a guy you can turn on the tape, and, and Michael, as you mentioned, you saw him do it. Yeah. And then you see pro football focus, regardless of what you feel about some of their statistics, the, the thing that they do tremendous work with is charting snaps oh. and charting roles and something like pass protection – it can get a little convoluted sometimes, but it's it's fairly straightforward. You either got slide protections, gap protections, or man protections. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, for Jay to be credited with you know, a 94 and change rating in pass protection from Football Focus, and knowing he was the guy on on third downs and passing downs, and regardless, I think Eagles fans should be encouraged because he has the size and physicality. He's not as big as Blunt. But he brings a greater enthusiasm to pass protection than what Blunt would. And he's bigger than and more physical than everybody else. And yeah, I'll let Ben kick off the rest of the funeral processions here for you and Jay Ajayi in a second. Just want to remind everyone that go to iTunes, rate, review, leave your Twitter handle in the review, and it enters you to win a chance at a free PFF Edge subscription. 
you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, and usually it's what team to bet on this week, whether it's Steelers against Patriots or Bears against the Lions. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on, and that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, and they have the fastest payout. Seriously, it's just two business days. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go an absolute breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOEagles, that's L-O-Eagles, to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So I'm going to ask you to put on a put on the coach's visor for a second. You're in Philadelphia right now, and, and Eagle fans have lamented a little bit. We've had success in the run game, but oftentimes it's a little easy to figure out from the broadcast. Garrett Blunt's back there. Well, that means Carson's under center. You got some sort of a power man concept. You're running the ball right up the gut, and it works well. Sometimes they try to move on these outside zone concepts, and you just know it's going to be ugly from the moment it kicks off. Flip it to Wendell Smallwood, and sure, he's got a nice burst in zone, but they try to run man with him, and he just runs into people. He's got no idea where he's going, and it's not pretty. Jay Ajayi, what sort of plays are you dialing up for him on, on tape? You see him with success in zone. You see him with success in man. Do you think the Eagles will be able to better disguise what sort of running plays they'd like to use with the Jay in the backfield? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think as far as it, somebody had mentioned the, the Marshawn Lynch kind of stylistic, like the, the physicality in which he runs. Marshawn was really good in outside zone in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. Oakland switched their running scheme to outside zone to try and accommodate him this year. It's not working because, A, Marshawn looks like he's lost his step, and B, that offensive line is very much a gap and power style. You know, get them moving side to side. They, they're, they're not going to be as effective in that regard. So Eagles want to run outside zone. Jay has those same similar traits as a back that you have seen find a lot of success in the NFL with outside zone and a player that also ran with physicality. This is the, the best case scenario for, for Eagles fans, where Jay is probably you know, 15, 20 pounds lighter than LeGarrette. So he's not the plotter when he's moving side to side that you see in LeGarrette when he's not straight downhill and he's in a deep set and a deep alignment behind the quarterback under center. So you can run him out of the gun if you want to. You can run outside zone in that regard. You can run some zone read stuff. I know Carson's got some wheels on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got the physicality that he can hold up between the tackles, too. And when Jay sees the hole and when he sees the alley kind of developing, he's quick to get north-south. And he's a nightmare for linebackers to tackle in the second level because of his pad level and because he's got the burst. Like, LeGarrette's much more of the juggernaut where he's got to get that forward momentum building mm. and get up to a gear before he's difficult to stop. Well, Jay's a little more compact. Yeah. He's a little more dynamic. And that quickness, I think, is going to be a big difference where he's still physical to run between the tackles and you can have success there. But that outside zone stuff for him as a physical guy that can get outside and pressure you working to the hashes, uh, I that's where you know when, when the Dolphins gashed Buffalo twice last year and, mm. and Jay ran for 200 yards in both games against the Bills, that was where you saw him make a lot of hay. You know, he gets off, off tackle, makes the cut gets north-south, the scraping linebacker cannot get his hands around him because Jay's so low to the ground and he's so powerful in his lower body. And he's not just powerful, but he's very 
dynamic, lower body range of motion. He produces some really steep angles with his cuts when he yeah. sticks his foot in the ground and springs forward. Or if he's making a, a, a jump cut side to side, if he's got you head up and he wants to vacate that space, uh, his lower body angles look like pass rusher rushing off the edge yeah. as far as the ankle flexion and his hips and his leg planted on the ground and how he drives his, his body off of that. Just that dynamic ability versus LeGarrette being a, just a straight-ahead style, get the ball rolling and then get out of his way, it's a really special combination. I mean, this is this was my number two rated running back in 2015. I had him as a top 25 player on my draft board. It all came together for him. It's all unraveled, a new location. With everything else that the Eagles have, in, in a short answer to your initial question, I want to see him running a lot of outside zone. Keeping the coach's visor on for you. I'm really glad you brought up those Buffalo games because, and I want, I kind of want your Dolphins fan opinion on this, unless if you're a draft analyst fan, but I'm watching some of these games and I see, you know, a Jai starts off a drive and he's ripping off some six plus runs. He rips off a 12 plus run and I'm getting excited. And then all of a sudden, Damian Wilson gets like, or Damian Williams gets like three touches. <laughs> or back in 2016, I'm going through tape and Ajay is cooking, and then all of a sudden Arian Foster comes in for a couple of touches. And I just couldn't understand. Ajay seemed like that sort of runner who really can get into a rhythm and really can kind of, you know, get rolling. You know, I, I have distinct memories of, you know, he'll string together three good runs and he'll get up from that third run. He'll be chatting up secondary members, you know, he'll be like hitting people for fun. You know, he just seems to really have that nature to him. Like I, like I alluded to, Eagles have a bit of a crowded running back stable. So are, are you looking for, you know, if you were running the business, more of, of a setup where maybe like one game a Jai just gets a, a, a high number of carries and he really gets going, and then maybe in the next game or just in the fourth quarter, like Garrett Blunt is the guy that kind of is featured? Or do you think a balanced approach like the one Ajayi has seen in Miami will keep him fresh and keep him healthy? Uh, I think keeping him healthy is going to be the biggest determining factor on how successful this trade is for the Eagles. With yeah. that said, bringing him in early, I would use him in, in the base sets as a, depending on how quickly he picks up the playbook. You know, you guys have already mentioned blunts in the game. They're under center. Smallwood's in the game. Oh, they're probably going outside zone. If you can get him in, in first down situations and second and short situations, and use him there as a start where there's no obvious, it's not third and one, or it's not mm -hmm. fourth down and goal from the half yard line. And use him in those situations to start. And then if you want to have a grinder, let LeGarrette be the grinder to start. And then start to trend more towards as Jay further and further acclimates himself to the offense. And you know, if he's playing up to the expectation that he's going to have coming in, uh, which I certainly expect to be... Uh, LeGarrette's under contract through the end of the year. Like, Jay's going to be the guy next year. That's my expectation. Right. Yeah. So starting him first, second downs, and then if you want to have, you know, your receiving back or your, you know, if you, if it's third and long and you need to keep Jay in the game to block, okay, you need him for pass protection because he's the best you guys have on the roster there. But based on the, the specific down and distance situations, I'm not necessarily looking to insert a player that's brand new to the playbook right away there. But as we get week after week after week and Jay feels more and more comfortable, I would start phasing him into that full-time role towards the end of the year, again, provided you know all goes well as far as learning the plays and, and getting chemistry with the players that are working around him. Yeah, and that's kind of the antithesis of how we've done it so far with Blunt, where we've been saving Blunt for the end of games. I, I like the idea of having Blunt 
go in early, hit him up, hit him up, and then having Ajayi be our explosive home run hitter closer type because I think I think that fits his role more. Plus, me and Ben have talked about this before where we're seeing increased snaps for 13 personnel with three tight ends so far every game for like the last five games. So you can run more single back. You don't have to run as much shotgun. We can pass out of that as well because, you know, we've got Ertz and Burton and Selleck and whatnot and it would not tip our hands so much as far as the run game. Now, let's go back to when Ajayi was drafted because I had him slated as a round two, round three lock. And then the news right before the draft hits that he might have a bone on bone issue resulting from his surgery from his 2011 ACL injury. What have you heard uh, either from in the building or from from beat writers or just from or from reading reports about him about that knee and the status of it? Yeah, uh, the expectation, the reason why he fell was there were some teams that felt this was a one contract player. Right. Uh, so the, he had the, the torn ACL in 2011. Uh, and, and the big issue was he has some bone on bone in his knee now, which teams were scared might lead to microfracture surgery. And with a guy who's as hard in his cuts and runs as hard as Jay is, that's, that's a scary proposition. So <laughs> I can tell you that the Dolphins were regularly sitting Jay for at least one practice a week to keep his knees fresh. And uh, I didn't hear anything from local media, but Jeff Darlington, who works for NFL.com, he used to be on the Dolphins beat for a long time. He came out after this trade and said, the Dolphins do not believe that Ajayi has a lot of life left in his knees. He's Mm. dealing with knee soreness and was dealing with knee soreness at the beginning of the season. Right, yeah. So that proposition is the one thing that I have already alluded to, the healthier you can keep Jay, the more successful this trade is going to be. Now, if you get him into one or two years into a second contract where you guys have him this year, next year, and if you extend him and you get two or two years of solid play out of him, he's well worth the investment you guys made. Oh yeah. But I don't think this is necessarily somebody that's going to see his career go for 10,000 rushing yards because these concerns seem very real, and uh, th- there's enough smoke here as far as how the Dolphins treated him throughout the course of the week to to keep him off of his feet and keep him somewhat fresh that uh, there seems to be some fire there as well. Mm. So we've got an Ajayi player like we're talking about here, potential for a short career, and a lot of the talk around this trade has certainly been you know, Eagles get him for this year. He can be a dynamic piece in this backfield. We don't really have a, have that one piece. We get him for next year, too. He's still under contract. He's super cheap under the cap. That'll help a team that's a little bit strapped for cash right now. Every year after that would kind of be icing on the cupcake. You know, that just that would just be even better. So really, the focus of this trade in, in the perspective has been what it gives Philadelphia right now and, and even to a lesser extent next year. So I'll ask you to shoot your shot, you know. Folks are saying that this is a big move for the Eagles as far as playoff implications. You know, you get Blunt and Ajayi, who are real grinders, physical backs. That's tough for teams to defend in January. That's tough in cold weather. That's tough in the end of the year when teams are more injured and players are more beat up. Does this move the needle for you on the Eagles as far as Super Bowl contenders? To what extent does it? Uh, We haven't really talked about this on the show, but I live in Philly suburbs, so I'm like right here. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've got the chance to watch this team play every single week. They were probably my 1B or 2 in the NFC as of right now. 
seeing Seattle kind of come alive a little bit and then yeah. making the trade for Dwayne Brown and the fact that they have experience in these late postseason runs. Seattle's kind of the team that I've got my thumb on right now. Especially if you have to go on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go to Seattle. That That is as steep of a task and chore as there is in the NFL as far yeah. as a playoff game in January. But Jay, you know, I just I like that he he fits – the mentality of this offense. Yeah. Jay's running style, his, he wants the ball. And that was something that got him in trouble sometimes in Miami. As long as he, he keeps perspective on where he's at and makes the most of his touches, the mentality and the aggression that he runs with, you know, it matches the fire that you see from Wentz as a player, you know, getting out of the pocket and making a big play with his legs or sitting in the pocket and taking a big hit or, you know, the resurgent Nelson Aguilar, who's another player from 2015 that I was very Kyle had to drop Aguilar. Yeah. I, I had to know I was going to come on an Eagles <laughs> podcast and talk about Nelson we Aguilar. We got like 22 minutes into it, and Kyle was like, all right, here it yeah. comes. Nelson and Aguilar, baby. What hey, was he was over under. What was he over <laughs> under on the minute mark before I dropped the Nelson Aguilar reference? In my 30 head, seconds. So. But but Aguilar from the slot, he's a really dynamic mismatch because so many of your, your slot guys, they have the short area quickness. They have the route running skills, but they don't have the explosiveness. Right. And you look at Aguilar as a slot guy and finally putting him in the slot, especially compared to what Jordan Matthews gave you from the slot for the last couple of years, it's night and day. You know, with these RPOs that they're running where teams have to honor the box now and you're putting that linebacker or that safety that's rolled down in that uh-huh. spot where he has to make a decision what he's going to respect and you get that ball out quickly into the slot and Nelson's got juice where he can run away from guys. But, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, a, a physical, my ball mentality style guy, Carson's been giving him chances. You know, he's been putting the ball up to him, trying to get him a chance to make some plays. And he has a long history of my ball. I'm going to take the ball out of the air. Huh. Jay is my yard, my turf, and he will take you on head on. When you think he's going to run you over, he can go around you. The demeanor and the urgency in which he runs is one of my favorite traits about him. And I think it fits so well with. You know, the best of Blunt with the best of what you could have hoped to get out of Wendell Smallwood in the same player at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Kyle, it has been awesome talking with you about Jay Ajayi, adding in some draft context. I've been a big fan of your work for a while, so it was great to talk with you. Let everyone know where they can find all your work, please. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's nice to to connect with you mike and and ben to get on your show for once i know you've <laughs> appeared over on the draft dudes podcast a couple of times so turnabout's fair play right we do every monday wednesday friday uh me and joe marino do the draft dudes podcast you can find it on itunes audio boom you know whatever the heck's out there that people listen to podcasts on it's, it's probably on there ndtscouting.com we have our staff we got seven guys on staff myself included we're noting uh, college football games every single week right now relevant to the draft prospects so when it comes time for january next year uh, a lot of these prospects that you're going to be hearing about we're going to have three four games of specific notes on that player already backlogged into our system so it's going to be a really great resource once it's all fleshed out fan rack sports i'm writing there three four times a week sometimes more on weeks where there's a trade deadline and we got three or four breaking news stories that need to get tackled so you can swing over there and check me out as well and you can find me on twitter i'm at ndt scouting yeah and one last question kyle what do you say because 
you had asked us the question on a Fan Friday, feel free to go back and listen to that, guys. Kyle asked us, why don't the Eagles hire NDT Scouting? And an anonymous scout reportedly said that the NDT Scouting kid cares too much about his hair game uh, to care about the game of football. How do you respond? Yeah, that's uh, that was you. I heard it. <laughs> um, but I would like the record to state that I have cut my hair. My hair's been what? cut. Whoa. My hair's been cut, and I've grown a mustache for November. So it's it was, a good looking mustache. It's a great looking mustache. I know Ben's seen it. So it's Don't it's, let Joe Marino tell you otherwise. It's a it's, good looking mustache. It's got handlebars <laughs> and the whole nine yards, man. So it's uh I will say this. My aesthetic game, don't hate because it's strong. You know, just because I have the talent, I gotta flaunt what I got. I'll just that's all I'll say. Right. Yeah, I am a balding 33-year-old, so if I get a little jelly, just know I don't be in any harm. Kyle, thanks so much for stopping by and talking with us again. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be hitting up our big-time preview for Denver and Philadelphia this Sunday. So make sure you listen in for that. Remember, this show has been brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Keep it locked on here on Locked on Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly.